Good day to you. Welcome to the podcast that is still the podcast. (laughs) I, on occasion, still think about whether or not I want to name this thing. Um, Again, more so just for the sake of giving me something to say at the beginning of all these recordings, which really, I guess, is a pretty poor reason outside of other than I just really like that kind of thing. It's a beautiful day here. Hopefully it's a good day where you are. It is sunny and 55 cool degrees. It's my birthday today. Deer are in my pasture, which is good because hunting season is kind of within the sights of, I can kind of look over the horizon and you know, it's not far off. Somehow. <laughs> um, it's a good day. My podcast that I recorded just yesterday, um, I'm going to go kind of two directions with this to preface what's on my mind this morning, which I don't think will probably become very lengthy, but we'll see. Um, what I recorded the last podcast was, uh, about chronic issues, um, natural, spiritual, uh, mental, um, you know, emotional, like things we think on. And I was sharing about my neck and, and like how for the last, goodness, 25 plus years, I've just had chronic neck and, and muscle pain and issues. And this morning, man, I just feel so good. I went and saw my chiropractor yesterday morning. Um, <clears throat> she's new to me. She's very young. I've never had a chiropractor who's female, so I had some mental issues going into that. Like, I know I could get in real trouble in modern days, couldn't I? Are you saying there's that a woman's not capable? No, I'm not saying that. Goodness sakes. I'm just saying in my personal experience, it was something new. I've always had chiropractors who were men. And it's a very, um, I don't know, it's a laborious job. I mean, it's a its a physical position. I mean, my goodness. And uh, most men that I've seen, you know, exert a lot of strength and it's a lot of work from the chiropractor's side. And so I had my question. She's very young. Kind of like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. Well, man, I went in yesterday all all a mess, as I shared in the last um, recording that I was over the weekend for my son's birthday party. I spent an ample amount of time going down an 18-foot-tall inflatable water slide. And uh, the beginning of the week was very unpleasant for me <laughs> because of that. And so... I went in yesterday morning and man, she got some vertebrae in my neck to move like nobody's business. Um, Effortlessly compared to what I've experienced. And (laughs) that's not where I'm going today. Although I'm thinking right now, like there's a lot of spiritual, uh, you know, metaphors within that. Um, Just about like, (laughs) I mean, the word in chiropractic world is manipulation. They're trying to, by some sort of action on their part, manipulate, move vertebrae. 
generally my C3, 4, 5, T1, 2, which is, you know, look up your spinal map. Those locations for me are always trouble. They rotate out easily from all my years of yanking on my neck, from my, all these issues. And so they rotate, and when they rotate, it pulls on things that should not be pulled on, causing, you know, as I shared the other day, um, migraine-ish type pain. And so when she manipulated, moved that vertebrae yesterday, it wasn't like, oh, this big sigh of relief, but like I could tell that something was placed right. I'm very familiar with my spine and when things are in and out and all those types of things. And so, again, it wasn't this, ah, like instantaneous perfection. But like as the day progressed yesterday, I could just feel that relief. And I was like, oh, yes, this is, this is awesome. And even as I say that, like her technique is very different. It's, I wouldn't, it's not gentle. Like it's not, it's just, you know, but it's very different. Yet effective. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'm, uh, I'll see her again tomorrow, and I'm fully planning on explaining to her that, like, <laughs> I don't want to offend her and be like, wow, you actually know what you're doing. But I do want to affirm her and, like, thank her for, like, hey, you, you do, you know, you seemingly do a very good job. And that's encouraging to me who needs that with, with great regularity. And so even in that, I guess what I'm saying in, the, in light of the spiritual metaphor of what that is, you know, like changing and, and causing movement, it may not always look like we think. It may not always be, it may not need to be violently necessary, you know, like through strength and, and like great thrust of like the entire body weight of a full grown man to get something to move. Sometimes with, with maybe a greater precision or a certain, you know, precise movement, the same result can be attained. Um, I'm not even going to go into all the thoughts that are coming to my head about that. Um, although I wish I had brought, I, I was reading some Spurgeon stuff this morning before I headed out. I marked it and I was going to bring it with me. I, I, I wouldn't tell my wife because she already doesn't like that I drive and hold this recorder in my hand at the same time. You know, she kind of loves me and wants me to be careful. But I was going to read an excerpt from what I read this morning because it was just so good and like it was so well versed about what I was saying yesterday about just resting in the power of God and the submission, the power and the submission of yielding, and he worded it so awesome. Maybe I'll try to read that uh, during my next um, recording that I'll do here because it was so good and so valuable, and again, just so well worded. But what I want to talk about just very briefly this morning, um, obviously what I recorded yesterday was about that, that chronic issue. What do we do with prayers that we continually ask God for an answer. Um, you know, things 
even as updated as this morning, last night, I just felt a lot of, I don't want to say angst within me, that's a little bit too extreme, but just this wrestling in my thoughts on some matters that I've had great victory over for a while. And last night, I just like was flooded with those same challenges of thinking rightly upon some matters. I'm like, no, I've, I've been walking in victory in this. Why is this here again? Like, have I missed something? Did I do something, not do something? You know, in maturity, like rightly assessing, okay, this is where I am. What, what's up? You know, what's the deal? I thought I had victory in this, <laughs> you know. But again, okay, well, my pattern must be going before the Lord, taking it to Him. All right, God, here's my request. Here's my petition. And I don't want to sound repetitious, but again, we have to go with the season of, of life that we're in and what we feel like the Lord's saying. And if it's not what the Lord's saying to you, then that's fine. I mean, there's no demand that anyone has to listen to what the Lord's saying to me. This is obviously a, a an option of choice. <laughs> but what what is continuing to go through my prayers and my meditations of my heart is just what to do in these things, in these circumstances that we may or may not see change in, or we may not see permanent change in, or may not see change in the way that we wish or that we hoped it would be, as I shared yesterday. And then, while I was working yesterday, yesterday after I recorded that, what I did yesterday morning, I listened to another Tim Mackey sermon, and I just have to say, like... <sighs> I'm just really, I don't know, I'm really into how he teaches right now, which is kind of weird because he's really the only young guy that I give attention to right now. I try every once in a while to try new, new to me people, and it generally just, eh, you know, it's it's generally really cultural, culturally, excuse me, culturally heavy. Um, you know, like really tainted with movies and media and news, and that's just not my thing. Now he has a little bit of that. He's a West Coast guy, and he's you know he's pretty trendy, and you know he does make some references to things that are just kind of like Ugh, to me, <laughs> but he's so. I don't know, there's just something refreshing about what he says. And he says things that are very profound in, in a way that if you're not paying attention, I think I've referenced this before, if you're not paying attention, you will absolutely miss it. Because he's not like a traditional orator, you know. He's not a, he's not a, a polished speaker. He's very knowledgeable and, and knows Greek and Hebrew and you know, he's, he, he's, it's in there, but his delivery is somewhat casual. And again, if you don't, if you're not listening to what he's saying, you're just going to miss it. 
Um, but he said something yesterday that really stood out to me, and I, I was hoping he would just stop and really extrapolate, but he just kind of, because that's what he does, he just kind of keeps moving, and he just says, as I told Kristen last night, you know, he just kind of talks like this, and, you know, he'll say something very profound and say, have, have you ever thought of that that way? You know, I hadn't either, and then he'll move on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, just set up a tent here for an hour, please. I mean, what you just shed light on is is worth an entire day's worth of meditation. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I mean, that that's part... That's part of what we do. That's part of, of our job, right? Like, not lay person versus the pastor, but I mean, that's part of our calling is to study and show yourself approved. And so as I think on these things that I listened to, and yesterday specifically, he was talking about prayer, and, and he was basically presenting scriptural examples um, people who have gone before us and just the general presentation of a life devoted to prayer. And it was very interesting. A lot of Sermon on the Mount stuff. It's a Matthew series, I believe. Um, and he very casually was talking about, he just posed the question of like, well, what what do you do when, when you pray and it seems God doesn't answer. What do you do personally? Like, and he gave this scenario, you know, if you ask God for a, an answer, a response to a matter, and nothing ever changes, like, which we would just say is a no, right? Like, we ask, we, we let's say real specific for a request, God, would you allow this pain in my body to please leave? Would you please heal my son of his extreme food allergies? God, would you please, you know, so on and so forth. And circumstances come and circumstances go where it seems like God's answer, his response is, eh, no. <laughs> what do we do in these moments? And and so somewhere within this, this message, this lengthy, thank the Lord, message that he presented was something just that I fully know, that you likely fully well know, but in light of what he was presenting just really made me literally out loud as I'm, as I'm buffing a car with my headphones on out loud. I was like, huh, that's true. <laughs> and, I'll, I'm, and I want to kind of paraphrase it and um, and just make a very brief yet profound point um, if in case perhaps it, it wants to land somewhere new and fresh in you as it did in me yesterday. And basically, this is the way I worded it to Kristen last night in a way that I felt was very profound. Could we not say that the best, clearest, most perfect example of seemingly unanswered prayer is found within the biggest moment in all of the history of creation. Okay, now arguably, well, what's the biggest moment in creation? Like when God formed Adam out of the dirt? Well, 
that's up there, yes. <laughs> the culmination of the ages, like new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem being established where Jesus Christ rules and reigns and we're along. Well, yes, that I could I could probably side with you because that is the culmination of everything, but that's that's before us, that's yet to come. So we're looking back upon history. Well, is it, you know, we could go through a number of things that would be really fun, but for the sake of time, I would say that we need to look to Jesus in the garden when he is crying out to eternal Yahweh God, Father. And he says, if it's possible, would you let this cup pass from me? Would you let this, I mean, we have to realize that that is a request, a petition like Jesus taught about. Present these things to God. And Jesus presented and requested a petition that said, Father, would you please let there be another way? This this culmination of suffering, this seemingly unbearable in this natural body way. Oh God, is there any other way that I can still accomplish why you sent me? And y'all, do we understand? Do we understand the perfect Father God in the complexities of the, of the oneness of, of the Father and of the Son? Like, things we can't really even wrap our brains around and and probably don't even need to try because I would say that's one of the things that David was talking about. Like, you know, there are things too lofty for me to understand. Like these are what, this is one of these things. These are the things that are like, Lord, your ways are above mine. Your thoughts are so high. They're so lofty. I can't, I literally in this body of flesh cannot mentally ascend to understanding these things. But like to the best of our ability, can we grasp the Emmanuel Son, image of the invisible, God with us on this earth, born as a baby, as I talked about the other day, grew up as a toddler, as a young man, as a teenager, maturing, learning obedience through a lifetime of suffering, the suffering servant life. He's become a man, and his time has come. I mean, what did everybody always say? Everybody tried to tell Jesus, this is how it's going to go. And Jesus would say, what? No, no, no. You don't. I don't know how he said it. Kristen and I talked about this the other day. I don't know how he said it. I don't believe he was like, put his hand on their forehead and said, Oh, oh child, you do not understand. My time has not yet yet come, oh simple one. He was a man. He was fully God and he was fully man. And I think he looked at his best friend disciples and said what we would say. He's like, y'all, you don't get it. You don't understand. Don't tell me my time has come. My time has not yet come. I will tell you. You are so simple. How long, how long do I have to be with you? 
You natural, carnal-minded people. I know, okay? I know when my time will come. I will tell you. (laughs) I will tell you of little faith. Sleeping beside me in the garden. Wake up. Wake up. Okay? Jesus, fully God, fully man. And so when he's in that garden and he's and he's he's weeping, he's crying out as as in a way that no man ever has or ever will. And he's facing the culmination of his entire life. Not the beginning of his suffering as I always want to make clear. He didn't all of a sudden say, "Okay, I'm ready to suffer." It was just the most heightened State. It was the most heightened condition of his suffering of his entire life. The end had come. The culmination had come. And he knew it. Yet he presented a request. said, Father, if there's any other way, would you please let this way that you have brought to me and I'm here to accomplish... But I'm here and this is hard. This is hard. This is excruciating. We have no idea. If there's any other way, would you let this way, this cup, pass from me? And then he ends that with a yielded posture of surrender. If there's no other way, I will drink of it. If there's no other way, I will give myself to it. I am committed. I am covenantally committed to do this. Not as I will, as you will. Okay, we have to see. Let's just extrapolate from that for one second. Do we understand Jesus was not super deity where he had no choice but to surrender himself to death on the cross? Okay, we have to see that. We have to see the power within that. Jesus the Christ, the God-man, said, Not as I will, but as you, Father, will. Okay, we have got to set that up on a pedestal and shine a light on it and get that deep within within our understanding. He could have, at that point, abandoned the eternal will of Yahweh. He could have walked away. He made it clear to us, not my will, but God, your will. Okay? Jesus the Christ, God and man, still could have backed out. And y'all, why wouldn't he have? Okay, well, he's Jesus. He, He could. No, he could have. He shows us right there. He had a will that was different than the perfect will of the Father. He had a will. He was man. His friends abandoned him. His friends left. They were sleeping. They left him. The pattern of man. He was alone. All he had was the Father, communing with the Father. 
not my will, which is here, which is present, but your will. That's really awesome. And that's not even my point. Let me get to my point because I'm running out of time. What was the father's response by the playing out of events? The playing out of events, we know. The father's answer, the father's response to his request was, son, no. No. You have to walk this way. This is the only way for you. This is your eternal purpose to undo the entire curse that sits upon all of humanity. So, no. And y'all, when we think about what we call unanswered prayers in our life or by events and how they play out, no's, no that God says to us in response to a request, y'all, we cannot be offended. We, we cannot rightly be ever offended by a no from eternal God. If we truly believe that He has a purpose. That's what the surrendered will ultimately is, is believing that no matter what is on the table right in front of my face that seemingly opposes what is best, God has a purpose within it that should I exchange my will for His can be accomplished within the circumstance. There's something for me in this. I would say there's something for most of us. Because this is applicable to every single one of us, is it not? Unless you're someone who believes every prayer you ask, God says yes. Which I do know people exist like that. Like, they think that's their right. That's, an, that's their inheritance. Hey, I'm a, I'm a child of God. God loves to give good gifts to his children. He's not going to tell me no. Yeah, well, that's heresy, and I don't have time to go into all that. Because if that were true, then God really, 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 really treated Jesus unfairly. He treated the Son unfairly. And if we think that we have any right to God telling us yes, when he told himself in the form of man no, then we have a real identity issue. And I would say we really improperly handle our sonship and our inheritance. Because the reality of an inheritance, even what Jesus purchased for me in his laying down of his will, again, was to empower me to walk in his pattern, not to hand on a plate an inheritance. Modern day inheritance teaching says, hey, Jesus paid it all, brother, so everything is yours. It's all yours. Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to. Well, that's true in light of my sin. That's true in light of my shame and condemnation and my inhabiting and dwelling in that domain of darkness. Yes and amen. 
Absolutely. But that doctrine does not automatically move into sonship. I've not really thought of that until right now. We have, we have taken that principle of the, the, the freedom in sonship and inheritance being freed from sin because Jesus the Christ did say it is finished and what was finished was the perfect work of, of tearing that veil and making a pathway to God once more, restoring what had been broken and forsaken. Jesus did away with the curse of sin and death for all of those who would enter in by him, through him, yes. But it's a way, it's a path. And we have to get into his path. We have to get into the surrendered will way and the surrendered will path that says, hey, I have a request, God. I have a preference, but it's my will. And ultimately, God, not my will, but your will and the pattern of the Son. And because, of, because he did that, I'm not automatically do anything. Nothing has become automatically handed to me in its fullness because Jesus fulfilled everything. It's been extended to me to walk into his pattern. To He's what? He is the door. He's the door. Is the door ever a destination? He's the way. Is the way ever a destination? No. It opens up something to go somewhere. The way. You walk upon a way to get to something. To get to another place. Jesus said, Not my will, but yours, eternal Father. So that I can do that now. So that you can do that now. Not so that you can just say the name of Jesus and get what you want. We are told, we are told clearly by Jesus, and then I'll wrap this up because I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. And you probably are too. Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. He said, hey, this is the invitation. You're going to face a whole lot of things that you don't want to do that hurt, that are almost too much to bear, that are excruciating, and I'm going to show you to the fullest potential that it can be done. How? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to deny myself unto death for your sake. For your sake. And can we not say that the eternal Yahweh Father God looked at His Son and turned away and, and again, by events, told the Son, no, I will not deliver you from this death. So that we can enter in to the eternal plan of God and do likewise for a greater purpose, 
for a death to self, for a reality where we become in greater measure a sanctified living sacrifice. Joining with Jesus in his death, right? We join into his death. What is his death? Denial of self. Not my will, your will. That's the joining in the death. That is the culmination of everything. The death of our will. That's got to be our focus. Not even what's on the other side. Other than being found faithful and pleasing to God. That should be my motivation. To look to Him and say, God, Your will be done. Amen. Like, that's it. I want that to be my life's goal. I want that to be the goal of my household. I want that to be the goal of my son as I train him how to receive the word no. No, son. Why not, daddy? There's no good reason even. You just need told no. The pattern. The events of a no response. It's time we exercise that. It's time we deny ourselves yes. And how do we do that? I mean, I don't even have time to go into all that. I'm telling you, I'm just convicted with every single thing. You want that cupcake tonight? Oh, you better believe it. Why not? She, it's a cupcake. Big deal. No. No. Why? Is it sin? Well, good grief. Are we so childish that it has to be sin to say no? Well, if it's not sin, man, hey, kick the door down. Give me everything that's not sin, right? Is that sin? No. Well, hey, I'll take 10. Is that displeasing to God? No, brother, it's not. You're free to do that. All right, give me another. That's how we live, and that's so childish, y'all. That's such a childish thing that we walk in, all of us. What if we started practicing denial? I don't hardly fast. Why not? I don't want to tell myself no. I don't want to be told no. I'm like my eight-year-old son. Why? No? Seriously? Yeah, son. No. And your response to no is why you, told me, is why you need to be told no. When I call your name and you don't even listen, that's why you need told no, son. And we are no different, friend. We need told no. For our own good. For the good and purposes of God. The power of no. <laughs> Has anybody wrote a book on that? Probably not. I know Joel Osteen isn't writing it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and I'm going to close. Are you okay with God telling you no? Am I? I don't think so. I don't like it. Don't like it, God. What do you mean no? What do you mean my son's still crazy allergic to milks? Come on. Really? 
Why am I laid up in bed again today, God? I could be studying. I could be praying. I could be working. I could be playing with my family. Really? Oh, gosh. We're so juvenile. We're sleeping in the garden, and Jesus is weeping blood and tears. It's true. It's true. God help us. Change us. Change me. Change me. Start with me today. Full-time job for you, God. I'm enough. Seriously. <laughs> Y'all, let's be transformed. Man, my heart groans. My heart groans for the body to change and be transformed into the image of Jesus. I've got to quit playing games. I've got to quit tinkering around with the will of my Father. It's an opportunity. What an opportunity we've been given to walk out the will of the eternal Creator for ourselves, for others, for the body, for all of the ages, for the generation we've been placed within. We can do something here with a surrendered will like Jesus. We can be like Him. Believe that today, friend. You can be like Emmanuel. You can be Emmanuel, God, with us. The God-man. Where is He? May we begin to look in the mirror and see Him. May we see Him in ourselves. Amen.